Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. We are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is the Wolf and Luke show on a Big Red Monday. Wolf, <laughs> Zach Allen's going to join us in a little bit. Zach Allen, not Zach Gallen, Zach yes. Allen. Uh, obviously, we'll talk to Cliff Kingsbury towards the end of the show as we do every Monday for our exclusive one-on-one with the Cardinals coach. Wolf, this is a show that looked like it was going to have to go a very different way until about, I don't know what, midway through the third quarter of yesterday's Cardinals game we watched if you're if you're an ASU fan you watched four horrible quarters of football and then you watched two more with the, the Cardinals and then the Cardinals flipped the switch and the guy you want leading the charge is the guy who led the charge you know wait I think 2021 ended at halftime I think 2021 for the Arizona Cardinals ended. At I hope time. you're right. We're going to see the ultimate test now because the Rams of all exactly teams coming right. to time. It's town, exactly yeah. right. This is the fact they came out in the second half and played the way that they did. Um, and it wasn't just the offense. Listen, anyone who's listened to this, you know how I feel about this. The offense is the strength of this team. And yes, they did not score in the first half. I get that. But to see the defense actually come up. Out, make some adjustments and play the way that they did in this second half and only give up three points after giving up 20 points and looking absolutely lost. The fact that this was a team win and it was spearheaded by their franchise quarterback who just got the biggest bag of money in the offseason. The fact that those two things working together is the reason why the Arizona Cardinals got a win. That's the kind of win that can carry an entire season and carry a team through the well, entire the, the, season. The way it went, and, and I'm, I'm torn on this. We'll talk about next week's game, obviously, a lot more as the week goes on. Do you want the Rams coming to town right now, or do you want any other team? Because I feel like with the way that game played out yesterday, they would beat most other teams next week. But at the same time, you're going to have to play the Rams anyway. Yeah. The Rams don't look great right now. Let's get the test, because the Cardinals, for the first time since I would say, like, last October, looked like the team that they are capable of being. And it was so frustrating in the first half because they, again, looked like a team that didn't have a preseason. Honestly, I mean, you said halftime's the end of 2021. I think the second half is the start of the regular season for the Cardinals because it looked like (laughs) it took them three halves to get going. But what a way to get going. And it's not just the comeback. It's how it happened. But, Wolf, honestly, the biggest thing for me is resiliency. And I know Eno Benjamin, after the game, he had a good quote, actually, we'll play uh, I'll play for you right now. He talked about what he wants the motto of this team to be. Team, um, we're never going to stop and throwing, uh, stop throwing punches until the end of the game, um, and that's exactly what, what took place. And we came up on the, uh, the W side of the win. That's great, and that is what took place. Yeah. But it hasn't been there for them. It wasn't there in week one against the Chiefs. It wasn't there against the Rams in the playoffs last year. It wasn't there for a good chunk of the final month of the season last year. You can't do anything without resiliency, and they showed a lot of resiliency in yeah, the second half. No, they did, man. There's no doubt about it. You know, it, it's so interesting to me because I'm trying to remember Kyler Murray, right? How many times have we seen Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals come back from a big deficit? It's not been 
been a lot. It's not been a lot. As a matter of fact, I, I think of the the first game Kyler Murray ever played his rookie year against the Detroit Lions. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. They were down big at halftime, and you were thinking, oh my goodness, this is what's going on. Cliff Kingsbury even said he thought like, you know what, I'm going to have to sell my house. I <laughs> thought I'm gonna he wasn't going to make it to the first game. <laughs> exactly right. And, and there, there, that was a game where Kyler brought him back, but after that, there hasn't been a lot of splash comebacks. I mean, there's the Hale Murray, but that was one play. And, yes. and I would say yesterday was a series of play after play after play that had to go right. How many times yes. did like Kyler almost get intercepted on a tip pass in the final I'm quarter so of this game? I'm so glad that you just did that, though, Luke, that you, you pointed out the fact that Hale Murray was a, it was a it was play. One play. Yeah. It was one play. This was an 18-play drive? How about that? <laughs> yeah. A, a still-point possession for the Arizona Cardinals yesterday, and Kyler Murray in particular. And again, to see your franchise quarterback is the beating heart of this comeback. The defense did its job. There's no doubt about it. There were some great individual plays. No doubt about that. But to see it all swirling around your franchise quarterback, man, I'm telling you, suddenly there is order where there was chaos. I just, if you're able to keep close, if this team is able to stay, either win games, that's fine, like we saw in the first half of last year, or stay close in games, Kyler Murray has magic. He just does. What we saw him do at the end of the game yesterday, I don't know that there are many, if any, quarterbacks that can do it. Now, could Patrick Mahomes, could Tom Brady? Yeah, they could, but not the way he did it. Tom Brady's not scrambling around for 21 seconds on a two-point conversion and then running it in. So there are specific things that only he can do. You just you have to be close in the second half. You can't be down to the Chiefs by so much that there's nothing he can do. It was it was it was two very different games at once, Wolf, and there are so many different directions to go with it. I found myself wondering after they didn't score in overtime, what happens if they lose this game after yes. all this? I still would have felt a lot better about the team because yes. of the resiliency, but it's tough to start 0-2 and make the playoffs. But then for Isaiah Simmons to come up with a play after he didn't even play basically in the first half, and for Byron Murphy to make it a little more interesting than it had to be at the very end, but to come up with that play and uh, and, and potentially turn the entire season around. I don't think you're you're overstating that when you say it. I, I don't think you are either. It's amazing. You know, my, my reactions to this, I, I, I was like the Arizona Cardinals found their soul, their collective soul, so to speak, in the second half. In, in the city that never sleeps, Las Vegas, Nevada. Somehow, some way, they found their soul collectively. They kept showing those Raiders fans, and they were just in shock. <laughs> it was. Uh, it is unlike anything I have ever seen. I, I've been around this game for over three decades, Basinonians, um, at every level, especially the NFL level. And to see something like that transpire, um, it, it is staggering. It is stunning. It is completely unexpected, and yet it's the kind of win, again, that can rally a locker room and all of a sudden go, oh my goodness, see, this is this is what we're capable of doing right here. This is how we're capable of playing. And the best thing to me, the thing that really encourages me, number one, it was Kyler Murray who was the beating heart of that. He was right in the middle. He was the maelstrom. He was right in the middle of this comeback, and that's exactly what you're going to need from your friend franchise quarterback who just got the Brinks uh, truck backed up to his house. That's what has to happen. That's the kind of thing that he does. But it was also the fact it was a team win. 
This this offense, Kyler Murray doesn't get the chance to do what he did without the defense doing what they did in the second half. Devontae Adams had two catches for 12 yards. Two catches for 12 yards. He got in the end zone, but he had two catches for 12 yards. And and that was one of those stats that popped up. It just happened to look in overtime. Like, what what did happen to Devontae Adams? Because it seemed like, you figure going into this game, your secondary's beat up. Even if Byron Murphy is taking that step to, like, elite status, he's still only one guy. And yet... Two catches for 12 yards from maybe the best receiver in the NFL right yes, now. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, the defense did their job in the second half. The too. defense stepped up and did their job. Listen, my expectation for anybody that has listened to this show, you know I, I have no expectation from the defense because they have so many young guys that are developing that need to get better. Like, quickly, now get better. Zaven Collins got better. Marco Wilson got better. Byron Murphy got better. These guys that they're counting on, these young guys, um, they have to continue to get better. Oh, my goodness. Richard Lawrence, what are you going to do? You're going to make that move, big guy? Because right now he looked like, hey, he made some plays. Zach Allen made some plays. We're going to talk to Zach here momentar- momentarily. This was this was so encouraging to see this young defense that, again, I don't have a lot of expectation from go out and play as well as they did. The offense in Kyler Murray doesn't have the chance to come back and win this game, tie this game up, I should say, without the defense and how they were playing. They don't. They played as a team. They played it as as a team offensively and defensively and won the game. That's the kind of win that makes me think this could carry over. Felt like the Cardinals never had the ball in the first half, and it felt like the Raiders never had the ball in the second half. When the Raiders finally went out on the field with the ball in overtime, they looked discombobulated because the Cardinals had been on the field. They said for like almost a full half hour of real time that the Raiders' defense is obviously also on the field, too, and they looked fed up by the end of that. It was big guys trying to chase Kyler Murray around for a half hour straight. Uh, Win tickets to see ASU take on Utah this Saturday at Sun Devil Stadium. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com to enter. When we come back, it was a crazy week two win for the Cardinals. We're going to take you through all of it with Big Red Reacts next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. What a win by the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. Was it flawed at times? Yeah, the entire first half. They were not perfect by any means. It's not the sort of win you look at and say, okay, they've fixed everything. They're unstoppable. It's not that, Wolf. But this team, more than maybe any other team in the league, needed some sort of emotional jolt. And they got about 12 of them yesterday. It was unbelievable. It was, it was, they obviously have talent on offense. I think they're one of the more talented offensive teams in the league, but they couldn't get going because they couldn't get out of their own way and that game really just was so symbolic of that there were times where they couldn't get out of their own way but ultimately their talent and some some crazy play by their quarterback ended up overcoming that yeah it truly was a tell of two halves watching this team play the juxtaposition of the first half to the second half left me at the end of the game speechless Literally. We uh, we do Big Red Reacts every Monday morning at this time. And sometimes it's like, okay, it's always a good way to kind of recap what happened. Today I feel like I need it just to kind of hear all the highlights in order again because so much was going on in the yes. second half of that game. So let's do it. Here's Big Red Reacts. 
Wolf and Luke. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. Snap to Carr. He's going to throw. Looking left now in trouble. Hit by J.J. Watt in sack. Back at the 21. J.J. Watt making his 2022 debut. Carr takes the snap. It's a quick throw to the left side. Caught for a touchdown by Devontae Adams. Well designed and executed. A very lengthy drive that almost took 10 minutes off the clock. Snap to Murray. Drops straight back. The throw in trouble. Doesn't see the pressure from Crosby. And he's sacked at the 32. Crosby beat Beecham, but Kyler did not appear to see him and did not step up a sack and a big loss snap spot the kick is on the way and the kick is good that is 26 straight made field goals for carlson and the raiders lead it 10 to nothing early second quarter takes the snap pass play fade left side of the end zone jump ball waller pulls it in for the touchdown 16 to nothing. The Raiders are getting whatever they want against the Cardinal defense. Snap to Murray right before the two-minute warning. Murray in trouble. Flushed out of the pocket. Rolling right. Being chased at the 50. Now throws deep right side. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Intercepted by Robertson. Returned to the left at the 25 and out of bounds at the 27. Snap, spot. Kick is up. Kick has plenty of leg. And the kick is good. And that ends the first half. The Raiders 20, Arizona nothing. Murray takes the snap. Short setup. Murray looking. Fires right side. And it's caught in the end zone. A touchdown. Greg Dortch. He's been their best receiver the first two games of the 2022 season. Snap. Balls down. The kick is up. And it's good. Raiders extend their lead to 16. 23-7. Tyler takes. Gibb. Williams up the middle. Pushes his way into the end zone for the touchdown. The Cardinals have a chance. Back within 10. They'll go for two with 8.13 to go in the fourth. Snap to Kyler. Looking right. Now back to the middle. Now runs to the right. Being chased. Backing up at the 20. Looking. Still dancing around. Pointing. Still holding the ball like it's street ball in the backyard. He's still got it. Runs right to the 10. Cuts left to the 5. And he's going to score. Oh, my goodness. Kyler Murray on a play that took about a minute. On fourth down, snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Looking. Steps up. Takes off. Heading to the near sideline. Gets into the end zone. Sticks the ball off of the touchdown with no time left. And the Cardinals get six points. No time left. They'll run a two-point play to try to send this game to overtime. It's 23-21. Snap to Murray. Drops back to throw. Everybody covered. Pointing. Directing traffic. Fires back at the end zone. And a sliding attempt. And A.J. Green pulled it in. He got it. It's a two-point conversion. We are going to overtime. Snap to Kyler. Straight drop back. Has time. Floats a deep ball. Hollywood's wide open. He caught it. And the ball gets knocked out. They're going to say incomplete. He caught it. The ball got dislodged out of bounds. And they're going to say it's an incomplete pass. Carr takes the snap. Drops straight back to throw. Has time. Throws over the middle. Renfro caught it at the 50-45. Fumbled the ball. And there's a wrestling match for the football at the 40-yard line of Arizona after Renfro coughed it up. 
They haven't signaled yet who's got the ball. There was a Raider and two Cardinals around the football, and they do. Foster Morrow recovered it. It's first down at the 39 of Arizona. Carr waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose, and it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Ball game! Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield, returns it for a touchdown, and the Cardinals win. No flags. What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas. Crazy car. It's impossible to listen to that and not laugh, honestly. <laughs> like of all those things, Wolf, if they don't score early in the second half, if they don't score early in the fourth quarter, if they don't com- convert that crazy two-point conversion, if they don't score with zero seconds left in the game, if they don't convert that second two-point conversion, if they don't force that fumble, the Raiders are in field goal range and they just need a field goal. If Byron Murphy doesn't pick it up, it's just like the play a couple plays earlier where the Raiders fumbled but got it back. And if he doesn't get in the end zone, you know, who knows? But just unbelievable the, the number of things that had to go right that you can't count on, but they all did finally. Yeah, you know, just the fact that, again, Zayvon Collins made a play, made a strip on Renfro right there, and the fact that the Raiders got that back, Morrow uh, got that ball, I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. That is destiny. That is it. started to feel like a tie, it just It was brutal to see that happen, where Zayvon Collins made a play, the ball came out, and then Isaiah Simmons. Wait a minute, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Is Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Did I just say that? Two strips on the same possession to make a play. Zayvon Collins did it once. You didn't get it. Now Isaiah Simmons comes in, a guy that once again played, what, 15 snaps? 15 snaps. The entire game and like two in the first half and suddenly came out. And what do I always tell you about Isaiah Simmons? What do I always say? I always say this right here. I don't care if he's a linebacker. I don't care where he plays. I don't care if he's a safety. He's on the edge. He's a slot corner. I don't care where you put him. I just want to see him make plays that change games. See, that I have no... that's what he did. That's what he does. I have no worry about that. The problem seems to be consistently over the course of a game because we don't really have an answer as to why he didn't play... I think he played two snaps in the first half yesterday. Stunned. Absolutely shocked. But when he's out there... benched. He does make... He makes plays. Now, I'm not saying he played well against the Chiefs because he didn't, and I'm assuming that's why he didn't play much in the first half yesterday. But when he is on the field, he's always capable of making a play like he made. I made the reference we were on Bickley Murata. I don't know how you could not think of his rookie year when he couldn't even get on the field. And then in overtime against the Seahawks, he appears out of nowhere to to intercept the Russell Wilson pass. He does make plays. They just got to get more consistency out of him. How about Zayvon Collins playing 99% of the plays on defense yesterday? Right now, it's so interesting because Zayvon Collins got better. 100% of the plays, actually. He, he got better, as a matter of fact. He got better against the Kansas City Chiefs. When you watch Zayvon Collins, he got better. 
from the from the first snap of the Chiefs game to the end of it, Zavin was actually getting better. He was His the only guy getting better. something out of right, that game. Exactly yep. right. Yes. You know, and and then you look at this game as well. Zavin Collins got better. Is he doing everything right? No. Is he making every play? No. Does he still need to get better? Of course he does. But I got to tell you, man, for the first time, I'm breathing much more easily in regard to Zayvon Collins and how things are looking for this young man. This guy needs reps. It's one of the reasons why, you know, it's one of the reasons why in preseason you're like, man, I'm throwing him out there for 30 reps a game. I don't care what's going to Get out there, Zayvon. I would have I would have had him out there. The kid needs to get his eyes right. And there's one way to do that, experience. He played more snaps on defense than everybody for the Cardinals yesterday, except Buda Baker also played 100%. Zayvon Collins and Buda Baker are the only two guys out there for all 67 defensive snaps for the Cardinals in a game wow. that they really had to have. <laughs> because if you lose that one, we don't even have to think about it, fortunately, because of the way that game played out. But if you lose that one and you're 0-2 and you're, you got the Rams coming to town, you're on the ropes. Instead, in a game they had to have and they ultimately got, Zayvon Collins is out there for 100% of the defensive snaps. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Okay, so what changed in the second half for the Cardinals? We're going to ask their defensive end, Zach Allen. He's going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. We're out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, and we are pleased to be joined in the studio here right now by Cardinals defensive end Zach Allen. Um, Zach, I guess let's just start big picture. Have you ever been part of a game like that at, at any level, let alone the NFL? Yeah, definitely not. I was trying to think, like, you know, college, high school, youth, anything like that. But, no, yeah. that's uh, yeah, definitely one that I think we're all going to remember forever. Okay, what happened at halftime? Okay, what happened, you guys? <laughs> it was 20 to nothing. You were talking Totally outplayed in the first half and all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in transition with special teams. What happened at half and why did you play so much better? Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing was, like, there wasn't, like, this big kumbaya meeting. Nobody um, was screaming at anybody else. Nobody, no. No, I mean, it just <laughs> wow. was kind of normal because, you know, a lot of the stuff they were doing they were beating us on, we saw in practice. So it wasn't like, you know, it was this new scheme that they got us on. And, you know, we just buttoned up, executed better, and, you know, it worked out. The defense stepped up huge in the second half. And then for a good stretch, they said it was like a half hour in real time. You're just kind of on the sidelines watching Kyler Murray do what he does. When you had to come back out there in overtime but was that was there like an adjustment period there after basically standing and watching for a half hour uh i mean the obviously you know you had the warm up stuff like that but it was kind of funny the entire like we we just knew it was going to go to overtime so literally for whatever you said like 30 minutes we were talking it out yeah. like what what's going to happen like what we're going to do here 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 and like towards the end of it like when people were still talking about it it's like if you don't have it by now you're never going to get it like we know what we're going to do like <laughs> you know so um <laughs> Yeah, no. Do it, your job. Yeah, basically. Right, yeah, it's, it's not that you know. So, um, but no, I mean, you know, we, we, it's it was pretty pretty nuts. I mean, I mean, I think you kind of can attribute it to maybe last year. Like a lot of us are younger players who now have experience in bigger games, stuff like that, and you know. Um, 
just able to kind of keep going, stay focused, never really look at the scoreboard, just keep doing it, and you know it paid off. For me, it looked like you guys were using a lot more five down in second half. Did you guys was that an adjustment at halftime? Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they kind of they can play you know the spread out game because they have so many great receivers, but also you know I mean that whole Josh McDaniels kind of Patriot way with you know big big runs and you know big boy balls. So um, just kind of mixing up with them and matching them personnel wise and. Uh, uh, you know, when we were able to stop the run, kind of force him to throw the ball, and luckily, you know, we were able to do that. Zach Allen's joining us uh, right now. Zach, okay, does does anybody say anything to Byron Murphy after the game? A great play. He, did, he doesn't even fall on the ball. He just he looked like he palmed it and just picked it up and sprinted down the sidelines, but then, you know, almost tosses it a little bit too early. So does, does anybody talk to him or does lesson learned there for Byron? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, luckily it counted, and, you know, we're not, you know, talking about another outcome, but yeah, I think, you know, he's a great player and, you know, he knows what to do now and you know, I'm sure he'll probably have another a bunch of uh, scoop and scores later on. That was incredible. He had a great game. I mean, I mean, against Devontae Adams, too, of all people. He had a really good game. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's an absolute stud. You know, yeah. we're so lucky. And just, it's been awesome because we came in together. So kind of seeing him grow has been has been amazing. I love the fact, too, that he cited the fact I learned a lesson today. Yeah. <laughs> right? I learned a lesson. And I, that's great, man. As long as you get it, as long as you, you get better from this point forward and never do that again, that's going to be great. But what about you, Zach? How did you play? did you think yeah I thought I played well you know definitely was able to you know cause us some disruption um, you know balls coming out quick so you know sacks aren't there but the hits are and you know I really liked how I played in the run game you know they, they had, they're probably about you know one of the more complex running schemes in, in the NFL and you know I thought we you know all did a good job getting vertical and I think we you know we're all just playing like really a, a attack style front right now you know getting vertical causing disruption and um, you know I think it's starting to pay off Zach Allen's joining us. Uh, Zach, obviously every win in this league is huge. To win that way, though, especially early in the season, could that potentially propel you guys to bigger and better things because it was such a crazy comeback? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think... You know, the, the line, take it week by week, doesn't change. But I definitely think, you know, um, that definitely gives you confidence. And no matter kind of what the score is, you know you're always going to have a chance to win. And once you have that, I mean, that's that's huge. You know, if there's some teams when, you know, if they get down, they just know, like, oh, you know, it's, it's too big, we can't do it. And, you know, this team, I think we have the firepower everywhere where, you know, on defense we can make the stops and on offense, you know, we can put up points however we want to. So, um, yeah, and to do it against a really good team. Um, was huge, and um, but you know I think we got another test this week that's definitely going to be difficult. So it'll be uh, good to see how you know we respond. Yeah, no, that is it's going to be really interesting to see how you guys respond. Um, I, this is a win to me that can carry over. It can have an, a carryover effect for the rest of the season. And I thought Kyler Murray was the beating heart of this comeback and how he played. Just describe your feelings watching this guy. Go out and play the way that he did. Yeah, I mean, when you see a guy like that who 
I mean, there's no quit in him. And then, you know, also at the same time, just makes the plays he does that obviously gives you confidence. And, um, you know, the whole team feeds off of that. And, you know, there's a reason why he's our guy. And uh, if you ask any person in that locker room or in the building, they'll agree, you know, it all starts with him. And, you know, we're really fortunate to have him as a guy that we all look up to. I know you said you guys just believed it was going to go to overtime. Um, have you ever seen a 21-second two-point conversion like that? <laughs> the guy ran the entire field. No, I've never seen that. And definitely on the sideline, there was you know a couple times where you're, you know you're like, oh, we got it, and then oh no, he's sad. And, oh no, you you know you get just the you know the wave of emotion was definitely all over the place. But uh, yeah, I mean it's that's probably you know might be the play of the year. So early yeah. candidate for it. So you know, I also saw Richard Lawrence actually making some plays too. It was. Yeah. Really, really good to see that, right? Yeah. Um, not only J.J. Watt being back, but uh, Rashard Lawrence making some plays as well. Can I ask you, how, how much of an impact does J.J. have on you guys? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, the leader in the room and a lot of us look up to him and, you know, kind of him and Coach Burke have done a great job at, you know, kind of building the culture for the room and, you know, making sure everybody's kind of holds the standard and, um, you know, when you have, you know, three guys on the field or five guys on the field, whatever, that are just, you know, getting vertical, being disruptive, um, you know, that, that creates a lot of great matchups for everybody and, you know, if they're going to double one guy, then, you know, everybody else has to eat and stuff like that, so um no, if we keep playing like that, it'll definitely be a lot of fun. Zach, we appreciate the time, man. Congratulations on the win. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. That's Thank Zach, you, Zach. joining Thank us right there. When we come back, ASU needs a new head coach. We'll react to yesterday's news next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, thanks to Zach Allen for joining us right there following the Cardinals' thrilling come-from-behind overtime win in Vegas yesterday over the Raiders. Now, Wolf, it wasn't just the Cardinals that struggled in the first half yesterday. I mean, there was a moment. There's a moment going into halftime where the Cardinals were down twenty to nothing. They they still didn't look right on offense. The Raiders were moving the ball up and down the field. Meanwhile, across town, Herm Edwards had just been let go, or however they wanted to, to word it. He wasn't technically fired. It was mutually agreed to. Part Part ways with the uh, with the ASU football program, like that moment. If you're a football fan in the valley, and you're just like, okay, ASU, that's a failed experiment. I mean, I, that's that's basically them admitting it. If you're going to let him go, or he's going to part ways with you mid season, you're basically saying it was a failed experiment. At the same time that the Cardinals were down twenty to nothing, it was just like. That, I think, is why the second half of that game yesterday resonated with so many football fans in the Valley because you had nothing to cheer for up to that point this season. Yeah, man, that is... I I could not believe how poorly the Sun Devils played against Eastern Michigan. I was stunned to actually see that. Um, Let me just say this right now. First of all, you know I'm a big fan of Herm Edwards. I was really, really excited when ASU hired Herm Edwards. I think in his... 
his philosophy overall. He made a fatal flaw. That fatal flaw was the fact, metaphorically speaking, of course, that he was going to be more of an administrator, more of an administrative head coach than actually a guy that was going to get his hands dirty and put his hands on the coaching process. And I think ultimately that reared its head and bit him. I think it did. I mean, I remember doing the rundown the night that it was it was clear ASU was going to hire Herm. And instead of doing a two-hour show, I just took calls nonstop for two hours because it was such a unique decision, right? And the fan base, I would say that night was about 95-5 in terms of like, this is a mistake. You can't do this. There's a reason why programs don't do this. There were elements of the pro model that I think you probably could, if you executed it better, really maybe make it work at, at the college level, although now it's all at the window with NILs and the transfer portal anyway. But, you know, for for all the ways people thought it might go wrong back in, what was that, like November, December of 2017, I think it actually went worse than expected now that you look at it. Like, Herm had some really good wins, and I don't think it was all Herm's fault. I don't think it was all Herm's fault at all. I think a major yeah. part of the problem is what you just said. I think in some ways he didn't think he was going to be the head coach. He thought he was going to be kind of running, uh, overseeing everything. Well, you know, again, there have been um, some college head coaches that are more administrative yeah. than anything else. But when Brian everybody Kelly started is resigning, he had to be a head coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's Brian Kelly is that guy, the guy that is going to recruit a a guy that's going to go ahead and set the tone for everybody else, set the tone for his coaches. This is the kind of team we're going to be. But as far as actually getting his hands dirty, metaphorically speaking, that's not going to be. There's a lot of coaches that are like that, yeah. especially older coaches um, that take on this administrative role more than anything else. And I think that was the mistake. I think Herm delegated too much and trusted his staff way too much and um, it blew up in his face and last year was the explosion. Yeah, it feels like he trusted the wrong people, unfortunately, because he has some really nice wins on his resume, believe it or not, during his time at ASU. Uh, but Saturday night, getting run all over by Eastern Michigan. I mean, they could run the same play up the middle for 250 yards, basically, with the same guy, and, and ASU didn't have an answer for it. The penalties, the penalties just aren't going away this year. You and I talked before the season, like, maybe the good thing about this year's team is they'll be disciplined, sure. and they'll have to make right. up for a lack of talent. They're not disciplined. They're doing the same things they did last year. And not only that, too, they'd be motivated. See, and this is, I think, ultimately the failure of Herm Edwards. It is the failure right here, because not only did he lack control over his program, he lacked control. When when you have what happened with the NCAA investigation, and the fact they're hosting kids on campus when it was a dead period, I, you know, that's just a, a, a mistake that can never happen ever and it happened under his watch and well allegedly we're not going to get the results of the report for another 17 years so who knows (laughs) yeah i know exactly but that right there you you knew um that was a that was a failure and that was on herm's watch and i thought herm should have taken more responsibility for it and he did not um Likewise, I would say the other thing that really had me jacked up and excited for Herm Edwards being the head coach for the Sun Devils was the fact that he was going to be able to motivate these kids once these kids came into the program. That's 
That did not happen. It, it, it did not happen last year when he had all yeah. this talent, and this year when he didn't have all that talent, he had a lot of desperate kids that knew they were going to get the opportunity to go play. They went out against Eastern Michigan and played like that? Dropping touchdowns, getting penalties to, to bring back touchdowns. I mean, they actually still could have won that game even not playing if all that If ever well. there was a game where Herm was going to have these kids focused and locked in coming off what happened at Oklahoma State, it was going to be that game. I thought they played better against Oklahoma State. Oh, they, they did, did Eastern for Michigan. three quarters. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. It was, it was supposed to be, even if you were a skeptic when, and I like Herm, but I was obviously a skeptic because it was it was just the way it was presented. And the, hey, we're going to be a top 15 team every year. Like, you don't know that. So if you're going to make, even if you're right, that was that was too bold of a claim when you were doing something as crazy as you were. Obviously, I wish it would have worked out. I went to ASU, was at the game on Saturday. It was a miserable experience uh, to the point where they end up making a change mid-season, which I didn't necessarily Man. expect that they would do until the game Saturday. There was just no energy in the uh, in, in the stadium either. That Other than just like the student section that always has energy anyway, just because you're at a football game, whatever, you're in college. But um, this is Ray Anderson yesterday talking about Herm and ASU mutually parting ways and why they made that decision. So uh, Herm, Coach Herm Edwards and I met last night and then we met again this morning uh, and we determined mutually that it was appropriate for Herm at this point to step away from his duties as a head coach uh, of Sun Devil football. Uh, We had to acknowledge that uh, there has been a pattern, uh, unfortunately, of when some of the major opportunities were presented, uh, we did not step up and perform at the level we all desire in terms of taking advantage of those opportunities. So. You said it, though, Wolf, last year's where it blew up, because even if you, however you feel about the investigation, if you feel like, I feel like it should be done, at least, it's been a year, how hard is it to interview people, but whatever, the more damage is being done by it dragging on than whatever the actual punishment is going to be. Make a phone call. Yeah, it's got these things called phones. Uh, But whatever you feel about that on the field last year, to give away the game against BYU and to give away the game against Utah, and then, honestly, I have to think they probably were hoping or thinking sort of similarly to how you and I were thinking of this year's team's not going to have the talent because everybody left, but they're going to play disciplined and they're going to be likable and they're going to be motivated. And when you basically undercut Herm's ability to recruit and he wasn't motivating guys, I mean, that's what Herm's good at. That is it right there, honestly. And it's the reason why I felt like Herm should have been fired before this season. I said as much at the time. I love Herm Edwards. This is... um, He's a very likable guy. Well, first of all, it's the respect I have for him as a man. Um, That matters to me. It does. Sorry. Um, Not only that, I think he... He, again, made some really big mistakes in delegating way too much. Now, maybe maybe this was Herm. This is what he wanted at this point in time. Maybe that's his plan all along. I've never asked him that. I've never talked to him about that. Maybe he was just like, hey, listen, I'll take this job. If you guys understand, I'm going to be more of an administrative head coach. That was the impression a, I had going uh, in. Okay, you know, And maybe that's what he wanted right there. But ultimately, again, I thought he was going to be able to 
recruit kids, and man, we saw the pinnacle of that last year. Once again, there was a team that you felt, oh my goodness, this team is really talented. They're getting guys to come play here that ASU have not had in a long, long time. Some four-star guys coming to play here. Antonio Pierce was doing an incredible job recruiting, right? And <laughs> and Herm was the deal closer to me. And I thought he was going to be fantastic at it, and he probably was. And then once you got these kids inside your program, I thought he was going to be able to focus them and motivate them. That never really came to fruition. And that, more than anything else, what we saw this weekend is indicative of his failure. It is crazy how an investigation like this, and this does, this is not just happening to ASU, this is just the way the NCAA seems to work, and it's happened to plenty of other schools, and it will continue to, but it's 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 weird in these spots, Wolf, because the players that were involved, all the recruits, so they're just off on other, other schools playing, right? And a lot of the coaches have even moved on to other assistant coaching jobs. You know, it didn't work out so well for Herm, but really, for the most part, it's just the fans who had nothing to do with it that end up suffering. Everybody else just kind of moves on while the investigation is still going. All right, we come back. We'll get back into the NFL and that Cardinals game yesterday. What exactly did Kyler Murray do to take over that game? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.